Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome back Discovery to What's Next. And uh, we are going to be talking today to someone very interesting and a very interesting perspective from the, the pandemic. Guy Channels is the head of product for employee benefits at Discovery. Um, Guy, firstly, welcome to you. Um, it's great to, to see you and to meet you virtually. Uh, an, an interesting period. I mean, I actually find it sometimes difficult to believe that we're almost two years into this pandemic. Can you believe it, Dave? And this time last year, where we, we sort of recording this in uh, November, beginning of November, I don't know if you recall, Aki, how optimistic everyone was at this time. There yes. was talk of a, a second wave altogether. And, uh, oh, those are the heady days eh, when we thought that COVID was a one-hit wonder. Well, exactly. And, uh, and and look at what happened, you know, and I and I guess everybody's feeling a little bit relaxed about this festive season as well. Uh, and I think we need to remind ourselves of our vaccination rate in South Africa and, and where we were last year uh, in January and, uh, and February. And uh, I think we need to be very cognizant about this pandemic and how bad it actually is. It hasn't gone away. That's the reality. But you had a very interesting report on the 2021 financial year. Um, and, you know, you saw significant increases in the group risk claims profile. Um, and the difference between 2020 and 2021 defied expectations. Now, why does Discovery believe that this was the case? I'm really interested to know. Okay, I mean, the obvious answer is we were in a pandemic. Yeah. But um, we were in a pandemic, you know. So um, there are some really surprising uh, elements that come out of, of digging into the detail of, of uh, those claim statistics. Um, and I can share some of those as we chat. Um, uh, but, but, but the sort of headline is um, that in South Africa, we've got uh, poor reporting kind of standards on COVID. Um, and our estimate is about our actual deaths from COVID um, is 20% or more higher than what's actually been reported. But our, our excess deaths, you know, we had COVID deaths um, of uh, amounting to about 700 million um, from sort of July 2020 to, to end of September 21. And um, 700 million, you mean, um, when you just say 700 million, what, what, what is that number? So that uh, we, 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 we paid out life insurance uh, okay. to the value of 700 million to people who had COVID on the death certificate. Uh, and then if we compared how much we paid out in life insurance relative to what we expect for a normal year, it was 1.3 billion. So 1.3 billion is almost double 700 million. Wow. Um, so the difference wow. between what's being reported as COVID and what's actually going on on the ground is, is enormous. Gee, that is that is quite a number, hey. I mean, I'm I'm just trying yeah. to digest what you just said to me. I mean, that is <laughs> that is quite a frightening number. It really is frightening, and it's um, it's uh, much bigger than any of us thought at the beginning. You know, if we go right back to April, May, 2020. Uh, okay, granted, we were only planning for the 2020 calendar year, but we estimated 275 million in uh, kind of excess deaths that would come through, COVID deaths that would come through. And uh, our tally to date is about 1.3 billion. Wow. So um, it's, it's been, you know, much, much more impactful than we anticipated. 
Now, this this research that you guys did, um, you obviously on, didn't only cover life cover. I mean, you, you looked at the, the impact that COVID has had on, on everybody's life, right? I mean, uh, on, on the Discovery members, people that were in hospital, for example. I mean, the research must have been fascinating. And, and of course, you've got a captive audience because you've got the Discovery members like myself who have got life insurance, who are on the medical aid. Um, and that excludes, you know, other people who may have contracted COVID and passed on. So, I mean, this is focused yeah on the Discovery members, right? Yeah, so, so what we're fortunate to be able to do in Discovery um, is that at least a portion of our, of our group risk uh, membership base uh, has a Discovery Health um, uh, uh, product as well. And yes. that means we look not at a member level, but at aggregate data um, at that sort of subpopulation. So we sort of just say, okay, well, there's everything that happened in group risk Yes, and our, But then let's just look at the group that has health and then work out, see if we can work out what dynamics were at play. Was it that difference is enormous? Was it all COVID? Yes. Or was there something going on? Um, and that's where we've been able to get some really interesting answers. Um, and there still are some questions. I mean, uh, we actually, I can the research continues uh, as we speak, we, we're still digging into some unanswered questions there. So, so, Guy, when it comes to life cover, were there any statistics that you believe were particularly interesting uh, that, that really stand out? Many, actually. Um, so, 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 firstly, uh, this one should surprise everyone. I hope it does. It really surprised me when the data showed this. Uh, we were in a year where our overall claims went up by almost 100%, okay, on life cover. 100% more claims than before, about 80 to 100% more. Um, we're in a pandemic. So you would expect that your, uh, your cause of death from kind of natural causes would account for all of that excess. Right. And in fact, given that we had lockdowns and all of that stuff, you would think that unnatural causes, people having motor vehicle accidents, suicides, crime, et cetera, would be down. Not the case. We saw an increase in unnatural deaths at the same rate as increase in natural deaths. Sure. Which is bizarre. So we, do we dove into that, and that comes down to three things. We saw an increase in deaths from crimes, uh, which was the smaller of the three, but that there was an increase there. Then we saw an increase in motor vehicle accidents, uh, which at first blush makes no sense. People weren't driving. Less vehicles uh, in the road. So there was an increase in motor vehicle accidents. What the suspicion is, is that people drove more recklessly because there was less congestion on the roads. They were driving oh, faster. That's crazy. And, uh, and so we've got really a dramatic increase, about a third increase in motor vehicle accidents over that period, mostly coming from the transport and retail industries, which is the ones that were operating um, during the kind of lockdown periods. Um, and then the one that had the biggest percentage increase was suicides, about a 40% increase in suicides. Um, and all of that increase coming through in the below 40 age group, and in fact, most of it in the below 30 age group, wow. which just you've read articles on how hard lockdown has been for people, both kind of just the psychological impact of being isolated yes. uh, and the financial pressures that, that would have come. And, uh, and we've seen that, you know, and it's, it makes perhaps some sense, you know, that young people are 
perhaps built up less resilience than uh, than older people, and we're probably the first to to have their jobs kind of on the line, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that increase coming through, in, in, as I said, in the younger people, and a lot of that coming through in in the retail sector. That is absolutely fascinating. I, I never a couple of real shockers. You know? I never saw the 40% increase in suicides coming, but I guess it makes sense. You know, when you look at mental health and the fact that people were isolated, as you said, I, I guess that it we were in unknown territory. So, uh, you know, we're discovering a lot of things and a lot of the effects, aside from contracting this pandemic, the, the, this virus that, uh, yep. you know, people suffered with. Um, so given the, given the effect that COVID-19 has had on daily life, how, how has this affected uh, motor vehicle claims? Because if we've had higher motor vehicle accidents, I guess that we've had higher motor vehicle accident claims. The mystery deepens. Actually not. Uh, that's been relatively stable. Um, and so the, you know, the, the, the two hypotheses there is, the one hypothesis is that um, those deaths are happening in a population group that's not covered by Discovery Insure. I, I, we think it's mostly, you know, it's in the transport and retail industry. We think it's mostly professional drivers, etc. Yes. So they're on uh, their kind of fleet management uh, 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 insurances, um, and many of those will not be on Discovery Insure. Uh, so that's one one hypothesis. I, I think that's a, that's kind of a crucial one. And the other is that um, you still will have a reduction in probably the volume of incidents. Um, but you've you've got people driving fast and driving recklessly and having fatal accidents, uh, perhaps at a, at a slightly higher rate. Uh, yeah, um, I guess so. That we can that we can dig into more. You you mentioned the impact on daily life. The one other really interesting statistic in the mm. in the part of our population group that has uh, comorbidities, they struggle with something in their life. You just sort of cast your mind there what the last 18 months would have been like for someone who every time they open the radio, it says, you know, for heaven's sake, don't go anywhere. You know, if you catch COVID, you're in real trouble. Now that creates a really difficult dynamic to manage for those people. They know they need to manage their healthcare proactively. They should be going to see their doctor, getting their bloods done regularly, etc. But they're being told, don't leave your house. Um, yeah. And I actually have, you have a colleague who is in this situation. Uh, the hypothesis from quite early on uh, in this year, when we started seeing that data come through in Discovery Health, lower utilization from people with comorbidities, hypothesis must be that some of those, their conditions will get out of control um, and they'll end up with acute episodes, you know, yeah. either going to hospital or um, uh, actually dying from it. And that um, has been one of the hypotheses we had earlier that we've seen come through in this data. So we saw people with diabetes who had no COVID positive test. So for all that we know, they did not have COVID. Uh, their fatality rate was about 46% higher than in the in prior years. Um, and for people who have chronic renal disease, I mean, that's people who are needing to go and do dialysis, et cetera, in hospitals, um, had 305% higher mortality um, stripping out those who have a COVID positive test. So that's not the impact of COVID. The death rate for those who had COVID and comorbidities is extremely high, but it's the death rate for those who, who should just be managing their condition. Um, those death rates were 46% and 305% higher for 
uh, diabetes and, and chronic renal disease. I mean, I'm, I'm finding this conversation absolutely fascinating. Another thing that I saw in your research and, and, and that I said, wow, it, it shows that funeral claims increased by 87%, right? Which is more yep. than the increase experienced with life cover claims. So why do yep. you believe that this is the case? Very interesting. I mean, so funeral, you know, covers usually the main member, the spouse uh, and children. Children had a relatively low COVID fatality rate. Um, but what we do have is we have some funeral products called extended family funeral products that cover parents. Uh, uh, and of course, COVID fatality rate in the older generations was extremely high. Um, and so you had kind of all the sort of normal uh, death rate, COVID death rate coming through in the married population, the sort of main member and spouse. Um, a little bit of it coming through in children, and then a big impact on the on the kind of uh, older generation that that's in some of those policies. Okay, well that 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 makes sense. When you look at, yeah. I mean, D Discovery's income continuation benefit. I mean, I've got that. I need to look at it a little bit closer. I just signed on the dotted line. My broker told me about it. But what is Discovery's income continuation benefit? Um, and I know that it's it's got to do with helping you if you you know, become incapacitated for any reason. And what trends have you seen when it comes to claims in this regard? Because you, you hear of a lot of people who have got COVID and they were out of action for, for, for months, literally. I mean, it, it's had different effects, as you know, on different people. Yeah. Um, so, so just to first answer your first question, income continuation benefit, we pay out an income after a waiting period. So you need to have been unable to work for three months already. Usually an okay. employer kind of gives you um, uh, uh, your, your salary and helps you with sick leave for that period. And then after that, um, start paying an income uh, uh, to you. And we've seen overall, if you just step back and look at the overall numbers, relatively stable in income continuation benefit levels. Yes. Uh, but it actually hides uh, some moving dynamics uh, within that. Um, so uh, we've seen some interesting dynamics where um, we've, we've seen like, for example, musculoskeletal benefits, uh, uh, kind of claim causes coming down, uh, but of course, respiratory nervous system, some of those going up a lot. Um, and that's not actually that surprising when you think about it. Um, you know, so people have changed their ways of work. We've had, uh, particularly in the manufacturing sector, you saw um, some constraints there and in the retail kind of shelf packing kind of, uh, space that would have contracted a little bit. So some of those musculoskeletal, hardcore physical work, musculoskeletal causes would be expected to come down. Um, but we've seen, um, uh, obviously, claim causes from things that are related to COVID increase. Mm. Um, and, and what's interesting is that COVID is not just about long COVID. That's what people think of when you say, well, you maybe got well, a yeah. claim for COVID. Um, what, what I found surprising, again, in our own statistics is that of all our disability claims, this is both income continuation and people who've got sort of a lump sum severe illness disability claim. Um, the, the proportion of those claims um, uh, of, of kind of the, the COVID-related claims that are due to long COVID is one in five. Oh. The other out of five is from people who've developed conditions because of their COVID situation. So they've developed something with their nervous system, usually a blood clotting disorder that's perhaps given them a stroke or they've uh, ended up with a pulmonary embolism that's developed um, a, a, a sort of um, 
a, a pulmonary condition, um, or they've had something uh, that's emerged in heart and artery, so a cardiac event uh, or some sort of cardiac condition, myocarditis, et cetera, that it, uh, continues to impact them. Um, so by far the majority, there is this new claim cause called long COVID, um, and so that is real, uh, but, but more significant, you know, four to five times more significant than that is people who've survived COVID, they're not in the death statistics, uh, but their health has been severely impacted. Yes. Um, and they have lived with that. And some people, it's, it's severe enough that they actually can't work anymore. Sure, Guy. I mean, this this research is absolutely fascinating, you know, because we've all been focusing on the, the symptoms of COVID and, you know, preventing ourselves from getting COVID. But the reality is the impact of COVID is just far greater than than what we all think. You know, the impact that it's had on families on you know, post-health issues that you've token, spoken about, insurance. I mean, I, I, ne- I really never thought of many of these things. Okay, the mental health issue, it's been in the news. But the reality is that we're in unknown territory right because we are still discovering daily the impact that this particular pandemic and the virus has had on on people's lives now at the end of this report discovery makes some predictions and i want to talk to you about those most of which center around increased future insurance uh, risk for example due to the COVID 19 pandemic in what ways has the pandemic caused this well um yeah it's, it's sort of some of the uh ongoing ramifications of things we've already discussed. Um, a great example uh, of one that we haven't yet discussed, but it's the same, same kind of thing, is cancer. Uh, what's happened is people have had to make, as I mentioned earlier, different healthcare decisions. Healthcare mm. is always a risk cradle. I think that's a helpful framework for anybody to have in their mind when they think about healthcare. Anything you do, taking a panada, there's some yeah. risks and some reward. You know, Going into hospital for even something benign, there's a risk. There's a risk that there's secondary infection, uh, that you react to the medicine, et cetera. It's always a risk return uh, trade-off. And now you consider the mindset of someone who um, is developing some symptoms, experiencing some symptoms, uh, and they're really hoping it's not cancer and they don't like hospitals and doctors anyway. Um, the the decision-making dynamic around when it's serious enough to go and get that checked out is completely altered in a COVID world. It's not about the person having COVID, but given that you're in this world that is so scary, um, it's much easier to defer getting symptoms checked out. And then on the other hand, there's a whole um, host of people every year who do preemptive screening, uh, mammograms, et cetera. Our mammogram screenings is down 55%. The logical impact implication of that is that for, for every Two people that would have picked up breast cancer early last year, one of them hasn't, has breast cancer oh. today about it. Um, and so you've got this coming surge of cancer claims. And in fact, we saw deaths from cancer go up already. We're expecting it much more in the following year or two. Um, we're starting to see that come through already where people are not going on to cancer treatment, but they're dying of cancer. They're picking up cancer at stage four when it's already too late. Um, and so that's just the impact of having lived through a pandemic for 18 months, and it will have this tail uh, impact on people's healthcare. And then the same is true for what I spoke about, um, people with comorbidities not managing those well, um, and the long-term impact of that. If your health gets set back and your diabetes, mm. uh, your sugar gets out of range, it takes a while to get it back into 
uh, into range and you have long-term impact. Uh, uh, and the same would be true for many of those comorbidities. Um, and then you've got, uh, once you let your mind start to think about this and you start picking up on the data cues, um, these, these kind of uh, patterns are everywhere. Uh, and, and really it can be summarized as people have fundamentally altered their health-seeking behavior and that will have long-term implications on their health. There's no way of avoiding that cause and effect. Um, and so we, we expect that in myriad ways. Um, yeah. Just one point to mention, you mentioned mental and behavioral has been spoken about a little bit. We've already seen suicides up 40%. That's the tip of the iceberg. People actually getting you know, so depressed that they commit suicide. But underneath that iceberg is a whole population of people feeling slightly worse off. Yeah. You know, people depression going into depression, people depressed going deeper into depression and, you know, less likely to be able to get out of that. Um, people um, facing serious emotional um, stress, having physical reactions to that. Um, and so that, uh, that widespread impact of the pandemic on the population's mental and uh, uh, health and well-being will show up in direct physical and mental and well-being uh, conditions and ultimately claims uh, going forward. Sure. It's scary what you said about breast cancer. And, and it is actually, you know, I, I, I've heard of a story just recently of somebody who, who missed his annual, you know, test with a urologist for his prostate examination. And he's now discovered that he's got cancer. Um, and that's just because wow. he missed one year, which was last year, and now it's, you know, stage four. So, I mean, to your point, it's really very sure. important for people to go and get their yearly checks that they used to go for. I mean, there's no reason why you should you should skip it because of COVID. Um, but I guess also people have also heard about, you know, uh, hospitals being no-go areas during COVID and, and that sort of thing. But you need to yeah, find the right. time and you need to make the time because these are life-saving tests that you're going to be doing. Absolutely. Now, Discovery is really well known for its vitality system. I mean, the program is absolutely amazing. It rewards customers for living healthily. What correlation have you seen between your customers who are on Vitality, who live healthily, and the impact of the COVID pandemic and what impact that has had on their lives? Yeah, very interesting. I mean, we um, did a little analysis of people at different kind of levels of engagement in vitality um, and then looked at their, uh, at their uh, uh, kind of mortality rates if we knew they had had COVID and if we knew they had not had COVID. And what's very interesting is that for people in blue, for those who are not familiar with the program, that means you've kind of signed up, but you haven't done anything. Uh, so, so you're pretty much a, a standard life. For people in blue their uh, kind of normal uh, mortality rate is 0.16%. Okay. Um, for people who are on diamond, these are people who are exercising regularly. They're yep. super healthy people. Super healthy. Actually, you don't have to be super healthy, uh, Aki, but whatever your health conditions are, you're yes. managing it well. Do you, you, know, know, do you know, by the way, guys, sorry to interrupt you. Do you know how you know that uh, a Discovery member is on diamond? Because oh. they tell you. <laughs> well, I'd be That's proud. actually literally true. We've, it's a proud thing to say. It's a proud thing to say. So you got you got blue, which is the bottom tier. Okay. So so blue point one six. If they're healthy, they didn't have COVID. Just a normal a normal life's kind of mortality rate. Diamond people who had COVID. Yes. A mortality rate of point one five. Wow. At a lower mortality rate than the people who did not contract COVID and were in the blue kind of range. Um, and 
Uh, and of course, for diamond people who didn't have COVID, their mortality rate was much lower. It was about 0 0.05, you know, about a yes. third of that. Uh, but the, the difference between, for people who are not, uh, it's not about vitality. Vitality is just tracking and measuring and encouraging you to be active and to know yes. your health status. Two important things. For people who know their health status and are active, um, the, the, the impact of COVID on those people was much, much lower, about an 80% lower fatality rate. Um, versus who are not doing those things. And um, the impact of COVID increase their mortality rates by five or six times. Yeah. Um, the, the impact of the pandemic was almost like a tale of two worlds. People who are healthy, of course, things can still happen. There's still increased mort mortality from COVID. COVID is, you know, has been surprising at every turn. Yes. Uh, it doesn't guarantee, but um, had a much lower kind of impact of the COVID pandemic than people who were kind of prior to that, they hadn't primed their bodies uh, with that kind of um, health and, uh, and kind of um, vitality. Yeah. yeah. And I guess that research also correlates with, with what we're hearing globally, right? With, I mean, the healthier you are, and it's not always the case, but, but you know, by and large, the healthier you are and you do contract this pandemic, this, this, this virus, COVID-19, the, the better your chances are of survival and getting through it with the least amount of symptoms. I mean, the stats are there. I mean, they don't lie. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And of yeah. course, that did anybody take that as a reason not to vaccinate or take no, precautions? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, but certainly, yeah, your, your, the stats are there. It, crystally clear. Um, looking after yourself protects you against the virus. Uh, almost as effectively as pretty much anything else you can think of. In fact, we should actually be focusing even more on, you know, getting even more healthier. I mean, this has made us all aware of any kind of health issues that family might have. And we've seen people who have passed on from, you know, various reasons of, uh, you know, complications related to COVID-19 that if they had been healthier, they would have probably yeah. survived. I mean, that's the reality. So, yeah, I mean, so you just do a thought experiment. Okay, if you think about, um, you know, the beginning of the COVID virus, we're all saying, gosh, we need a vaccine. You know, we can't do anything until we have a yes. vaccine. Actually, we could do something at that point. We could have all taken responsibility for our lives and started exercising. I mean, that's pretty much it. Just start exercising. If the whole country, I mean, it's a crazy scenario. It would never happen. But if the whole country had started exercising, we would have had a fundamentally different experience of this pandemic. Yeah. Well, listen, we didn't have to wait for someone to develop a vaccine for that. Well, listen, it's been a wake up call for me because I am, I must be honest, and there's millions of people like me that haven't been as active uh, throughout this pandemic because, you know, our behaviors have changed and everything. But, you know, I, and, and you've put on a couple of kilos here and there and you've now realized, hey, it's enough now. You know, let's just get back into the rhythm and get back into the shape that you were in before because it's you feel healthier and you feel better. Guy, it's been absolutely yeah. fascinating chatting, chatting to you. Guy Channels, who's the head of product for employee benefits at Discovery, talking to us about the research. And I'm pretty sure that you're going to conduct the same research again um, in the coming months just to see if, yeah. if this trend continues. But really fascinating stuff, Guy. And thank you for joining us. Thank you, Aki. It's been a great pleasure chatting to you.